0: Welcome to the NCEA podcast. I'm your host today, Colleen McCoy Sika, Director of Professional Learning for NCEA. Today's episode is sponsored by Renaissance Learning. Renaissance has solutions to improve student outcomes. As a global leader in assessment, data analytics, and reading and math solutions for pre-K through 12 schools, Renaissance is committed to providing Catholic educators insights and resources to accelerate growth and help all students build a strong foundation for success. More than two-thirds of the nation's catholic schools rely on renaissance solutions to improve student outcomes renaissance is proud to partner with ncea and catholic educators in our shared mission to help students achieve academic excellence my guests today are dr jan brian and dr julie vogel from renaissance learning dr brian is renaissance vice president and national education officer And Dr. Vogel is the Vice President in Educational and Government Affairs for Private Schools for Renaissance. Jan Bryan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) And Julie Vogel, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Colleen. It's great to be with you again.
0: Um, Before we move forward, um, could you guys give a little bit more information about your background? Let's start with you, Jan. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure, sure, sure. Um, Always been a teacher. Um, Julie and I both talk about being third-generation educators. Uh, Started out in music, went from music to the classroom, and then from the classroom to the university. So I've been a professor for most of my career, Um, just thrilled to do that, following the footsteps of people that I deeply, deeply admire. But about 18 years ago, Renaissance came knocking and asked if I would come and profess for them. And I have been very fortunate um, to be with Renaissance for the past 18 years. Uh, Julie, I think you will agree we both do as we did when we were professors. We are looking at research. We're trying to figure out what is the best thing to do for teachers and for learners and help share those messages. So I'm just thrilled to be here. Thank you so much.
0: And thank you very much. And Julie, can you tell a little bit more about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, Dr. Julie Vogel, I tend to do things in subsets of 10. Don't know why that is. So um, I generally say I spent 10 years in the classroom. Um, Taught everything from pre-K through eighth grade and then undergraduate, through graduate students, skipped high school kids altogether. Um, Spent 10 years in higher ed and higher ed administration. And I was actually in the great state of Arizona and was an associate dean in the College of Ed at Grand Canyon University for anyone on here who is familiar with them. Um, And then I have spent 10 years in the Catholic education system as a Catholic school principal. Um, an assistant superintendent and a former superintendent of the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, and then was called over to the um, EdTech world, which I absolutely love, and have spent the last four and a half years at Renaissance Learning, um, working in private schools for them. So great to be with everyone today, and we're excited to share with you what we have learned about Trip Steps.
0: Excellent. I'm so glad to have both of you here today. And here's here's a unscripted question for for both of you. So, Jan, you you have a music background and Julie, I'm sure I've asked you this before. Do you have a music background, too? Yes, I do. Actually, classically trained. Uh That's what I thought. And so do I. And see, this is my unofficial study of people in the world is that the amazing number of people who who are really doing great things within their own industries, and how many of us have um, have music backgrounds? So there's that's just our little fun fact for the day.
1: Oh, I love that! <laughs> love <That's> that!
0: Fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating. It
1: is and though. It, it's very fascinating. <laughs>
0: and when you think about it, the more people you meet, it, when you find out that people have music backgrounds, you're like, ah, well that explains everything. So. <laughs>
1: Good or bad. We're not going to decide.
0: Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We'll just leave that there. So, okay. I know that in the past guests from Renaissance have joined the NCEA podcast. You've been here before and it seems like you are constantly evaluating data trends in an effort to develop resources for educators and inform educators of what news story data is telling us and how we should be responding. So I think today's conversation will be no different. In fact, I think I'm about to learn quite a bit from you and I think our listeners will will learn quite a bit from you today as well as we are going to talk about trip steps for math and reading. So let's let's start with the term itself, because I was not familiar before I started talking to you um, specifically about this, I did not know what that term meant so let's start by defining it Jan can you tell us what trip
2: steps are. Sure. Um, Historically, Julie you'll soon um, be seeing this, but historically trip steps came from Irish castles. And if you lived in the castle and you wanted to protect your castle, as you built it you would randomly make one step a little bit taller, another step massively taller, so if anyone tried to invade your castle you knew where the tall steps were but they did not so that's where the name comes from but where we use it with our data and where we use it for learning is looking at your curriculum so you have your standard set and within each standard you have your skill set we work at the skill level so as we have been digging very deeply very deeply for the past several years, we've been looking at how learning unfolds in reading and math. And it is a series of skills that you learn in a predictable order. As we look at that series of skills, we find that some skills are really essential. They're critical. They are essential skills that must be mastered. Teachers must take the time and the energy needed. Students must put in the work needed to master these essential skills. And we called them focus skills because that's where you need to put deep, deep focus. So as we were working with focus skills and we continued looking at the data as we tend to do, we began to see something emerge we saw that in this subset of skills called focus skills, we began to see that among these essential skills, there were a few that were exceedingly difficult for students to master at that grade level. So we looked at this and we looked at tons of data and looked at the skills and they seemed to be consistent. They seemed to have a set, a very small set of skills that we call trip steps Because if you do not stop and dig deeply into these very difficult skills, it could cause you to stumble on your way to learning to read or to do mathematics. So we've got your skills. From that, we found your essential skills, which are focus skills. Within that group, we have identified the trip steps, which are essential and also disproportionately difficult for students to learn. Julie, we, we've talked about this all morning. Anything you want to add to that?
1: Um, not right now, but I think with the next question, I can pick it up from there.
2: All right.
0: I am very appreciative of the architectural reference. <laughs> now I understand. I mean, now it just helps me to understand where the term comes from, and it makes so much sense. Um, you know, you're really talking about the science of teaching and learning here, and you know, coming across those those skills that make you stumble on your way to achievement. Now I get it. So thank you for that explanation so uh, the next question what what data did you use to determine a need to even develop the focus skills and julie do you want to take that one
1: yeah i thought i would and i do want to thank jan for um putting out to the public the reference to the castle stairs in ireland um i'm taking a trip there in a couple weeks and so i'm really excited to know that and so it's going to be really fun Um, And I can appear much smarter than my spouse when I can tell him all about steps and why they are the way they are. Um, And it's a competition between us to see who has more information, so it'll be fun. Mm, Um, So back to the task at hand though, Um, what data did we use to determine trip steps? Like Jan had mentioned earlier, we really spent a lot of time, effort, energy, and did a deep dive and a deep analysis into standards and skills in both reading and math. Um, We feel those are foundational things that every child must be successful at in order to be successful in school, so that's where we spend our focus. And we also then not only took a deep dive and analysis into the standards and skills and our learning progressions, which are skills broken down in a teachable order from grade kindergarten through grade 12, so we took a deep analysis into those and then we took a deep analysis and a deep dive into students' responses to our STAR assessments. Right, and we have over 2 billion data points from our STAR assessments alone, which really help us understand what students are learning, what they know, what they don't know, how that happens and what order that happens. And from there, we pulled out the focus skills. And as Jan has mentioned, our focus skills really became important during the pandemic because those were the priority skills that we knew every single child had to master at his or her grade level in order for learning to continue to move forward. As we know, not every skill is created equal. Some are easier than others. Some are more difficult than others. And the focus skills are those essential skills at every single grade level that every child must master in order for learning to continue. Well, that wasn't enough for us. So we had to continue to really be studying these focus skills And um, that's where we came up with the trip steps. Like Jan has mentioned before, and we'll say over and over again, trip steps are those essential skills that every student must learn, but they're also disproportionately difficult or very difficult and challenging at certain grade levels. Um, And so it's something we really want teachers to pay attention to. We want administrators to pay attention to. Because we expect kids to master these essential skills, and we know that some are more difficult than others, we wanna make sure that teachers are aware of them so they can spend and plan and prioritize so that kids can continue to move forward.
0: Jan, was there anything else that you wanted to add to that before we talk a little bit more in depth about
2: math? I think we're ready to jump into math.
0: Let's jump into math. Okay. okay so. The math trip steps have already been made available to people. So talk a little bit about how teachers are responding to these and how are they impacting student learning?
2: Well, in a in a word, they're so grateful for this. Uh, you see almost cheers because you've got when you um, you've got the information that you need, you've got the list of skills that you need that you know that traditionally students stumble. And so you are you're equipped. You can work with colleagues. So, uh, let me just give you a, a URL or I'll just give you the name. It's called the Focus Skills Resource Center. This is going to be your home, Focus Skills Resource Center. You can put that in your search engine and it will pop right up. It's typically the first return, Renaissance Focus Skills Resource Center. When you go there, you will have that list of what Julie and I both described as the essential skills the focus skills. You will have that list. You can look at them online. Here's an example of a focus skill in, um, um, at the Focus Skills Resource Center and it's, it's third grade and it's learning to do area by multiplication. Wow, that's hard in third grade but it is a focus skill so it's essential well as we dug into that as Julie talked about digging into that data and we dug into that skill over and over and over our psychometricians looked at it our content development people looked at it and you said you know what that third grade find multiplic- use multiplication to find area that one is really really hard we believe it's a trip step So as they looked at it, sure enough, it's a trip step. It's extraordinarily difficult. But not only do we identify that for you, we give you some information on why that is difficult. Because prior to third grade, you probably have used tiling or another way to find area. And now in third grade, we want you to find area in a brand new way with a brand new skill which is multiplication. And we want you to call what you find something that you've never used before, square units. So the trip step in third grade, when you show that to third grade teachers, and there's more than one trip step per grade, but when you show that to third grade math teachers, they go, I knew it, I knew it was tough. So what we do is give you the information so that you can gather together a team. And what you need to understand about a third grade trip step is that all teachers are working toward that third grade trip step. Every work that you do is preparing teachers along the way we do have a document that you can download with the math trip steps and indeed i don't have a a calculation julie you might know i don't have a calculation of how many times it's been downloaded Um, but i tell you it is there and it's been downloaded often but teachers love the confirmation that they knew that was difficult they knew it but we tell you why it is difficult as well um, did you want to talk about reading now, or do you want to stick in the math area? No,
0: let's let's hang with math for just a second here okay. because actually, where my mind started going, um, as I'm listening to you talk about this, I'm remembering the last conversation that I had with Julie about um, learning gaps that you all, I mean this this information, you know, this what we were focusing on last time was this the learning gaps that are apparent. Um, over the course of the last two years in fourth and fifth grade mathematics, that um, even though we are seeing learning lags, you know a, across grade levels and you know in reading and in math and in other areas, um, that there's really a lag in learning in public school, in private school. It seems to be everywhere in fourth and fifth grade mathematics. I think that's what you told me. Correct me if I'm wrong, Julie, is that No nope, That's is my memory correct. Survey? Remember
1: we were talking about two, that difficulty being around proportional reasoning where kids have Mm -hmm. to understand the difference between fractions decimals and percents right and how challenging that was and those show up as trip steps in our in our our math trip steps for kids as well yeah and
0: so that's exactly what i was wondering so you know how this fits together is that it really Teachers don't have to, they know that the gaps are there, they really need to focus on what those skills are and then have the resources available so that we can move forward a little bit more quickly. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I love when worlds collide and the last conversation that we had is now kind of, um, you know, melding together with this conversation. It, it makes great sense. It so, really
1: does, doesn't it? Yeah. And there's yeah. one other thing too, there's, um, Jan always mentions this and there's a, a quote that Jan uses a lot and so Jan, I'm gonna steal it because I love your quote by, I want to say it's Steven Pinker's quote where he says that math is ruthlessly cumulative, which means you need this like all hands on deck approach constantly and particularly with these trip steps. So teachers above and below third grade, fourth grade teacher needs to understand how important the area is to third grade. The second grade teacher needs to know so that kids have all the prerequisite skills because that third grade skill is key for kids moving on in geometry and so I think it's really important um, that that skill and that his quote um, it is something we all can resonate with because if you miss something in math it's really difficult down the road um, to to be successful so we really want to make sure kids pay attention to that and teachers pay attention to that
2: absolutely <laughs>
1: <laughs> like mine's on this my, call. My grandson would say, psych. <laughs> Jinx at the Vogel house.
0: <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and talk about reading because the sure. reading trip steps are actually hot off the press. And so, um, Jen, why don't you give us some background on, on the what data have been collected over time to inform the development of the reading trip steps?
2: Well, we began with focus skills in reading, and then we went to the trip steps in math and we looked at it because math the reason we went to math first is because in the pandemic that appeared to be more impacted than did reading both were impacted but there seemed to be a little bit of a greater concern about mathematics so that's where we went into math first and as we went into this well these are probably these are probably very succinct and very critical i we're not sure what reading trip steps would look like. Should we go down that path? We decided to go down that path, and here was our surprise. There are far more reading trip steps than math trip
1: steps. I was not expecting that.
2: No. No none of us were no. expecting it. Mm-mm. The difficulty of the reading trip steps is significant significant I'll, I'll give you an example of difficulty there is one in the kindergarten where you are listening to the word cat caught and cut and you have to tell your teacher which one has the a ah sound well to us that seems pretty simple not to a five-year-old being able to hear cat cut and uh, cat caught and cut And then identifying cat as the one that has the a sound is more akin to something a second grader would find easy not a kindergarten student so the gap is really significant they're very very difficult and there are more but again we've got the information so that you can have it with you. So we when we looked into reading trip steps we thought not only do they exist and do they exist as clearly as they exist in math there are more of them and we need to dig in. Now you would find is no surprise in the foundational literacy years K through 2 you're going to have more skills because that's when you're learning all of your decoding skills. As Dr. Kearns, our colleague and chief academic officer, says that's when you're learning to read the lines. You have quite a few more step-by-step skills. As you move in past, you've, you've mastered the mechanics of reading. Now you are reading for information, for joy, to learn something to inspire. You are reading between the lines. And while you do not see as many reading trip steps as you would in the earlier grades, you do find some very interesting stories. And again, Julie, jump in because we talked about it all morning long. Seventh. Grade oh, 7th
1: graders.
2: <laughs> oh, if you know a 7th grade teacher, give your appreciation, your gratitude, send them sunshine. If you know a 7th grader, just let them know, we got you, we got you, yep, we know you're you. going to do this. <laughs> there are, I, I believe proportionately, I believe Julie this is correct, correct me if I'm wrong, proportionately the greatest number of reading trip steps are in the 7th grade.
1: Correct. Yes, there there is an incredible amount of difficulty in seventh grade reading. And let's just
2: look. I happen to have my trip steps here with me. I've been playing with it all morning, Um, uh, quite a bit on author's purpose, quite a bit on cause and effect. But here's one in seventh grade: read um, two letters to the editor, one professional and one less professional. Determine the author's choice, uh, word choice, and why the author chose those words. Okay, excuse me. How many 7th graders read letters to the editor? And how are they going to have the skill to think about the author's word choice? They don't know the author. They don't have the background knowledge of the issue. So how are they going to determine the author's purpose in deciding to go less professional or more professional? I mean those are the types of skills. Very deep thinking for 7th graders. Very deep thinking for anyone. But when we looked at that we were very surprised to find that story.
1: And it Uh, requires them not only to be able to read it and to understand it and to figure it out, but generally we ask kids to perform it by writing about it. mm -hmm. And so that's also adds to the difficulty too in that English language arts area is not only do they have to think between the lines and do they have to really know these things at a deep level, but they've got to be able to produce it back out in written form. So it's pretty challenging for a 12 and 13 year old student who is also going through all kinds of cognitive changes at that time, all kinds of social changes at that time, and there's just a lot going on in seventh grade.
0: So I was a, I was a junior high teacher for, for a little while, and um, I always say uh, developmentally, seventh graders and high school sophomores, are those mm-hmm. are just developmentally, uh, they're really hard to be with. Um, for a lot of reasons. I think they probably have a hard time being with themselves at those developmental levels too. There's just a lot going on, right? Mm-hmm. And when we think about um, what's happening educationally, like when I reflect back on uh, just even the the schedule that I had with them, because my, my genius principal, uh, Carol Williams, I don't know if she created the schedule, but um, she at least protected the schedule and for seventh and eighth grade we had separate times for uh language and reading so i would see the seventh graders twice a day for these two different classes and we would focus on language and writing in one and reading in the other and i remember um, because i had both the seventh graders and the eighth graders that i would see multiple times a day for these courses and reading with the seventh graders it was so much more fundamental than what we were doing in eighth grade and um now reflecting on, on what you're saying to me it, it makes sense so I, I think we were doing it the right way that was a long time ago but i think we were doing it the right way and i think that may be necessary to really spend the amount of time you it, so many people think that at the junior high level it, we, we already taught them to read they learned reading in third and fourth grade right right hmm but no, look, at, look no. at what you are telling us. Look at what you have found, what the research is telling us. And so still teaching reading at the seventh grade level, That this is quite fascinating to me.
2: Super important for kids. There's actually at the 12th grade level, a reading trip step, understanding mm. vocabulary and context. I mean, that's deep, deep, deep teaching, understanding what you're reading in the context. Kids have trouble with context. So we're constantly teaching students to read.
0: Wow. All right. Well, I knew I would learn a lot. So um, this has been a fascinating conversation. Is there anything because I want to ask you about I want to switch gears and ask you about convention in a minute. So is there anything else that you want to wrap up any final thoughts or conclusions about trip steps before we move on?
2: Please go to the Focus Skills Resource Center. The document will be downloaded and available to you very soon. I, I, I want to say early next week, but I will say very soon.
1: Right, and it's free to everyone. You do not have to be a Renaissance customer in order to access and utilize anything from the Focus Skills Center. So please note it's open to everyone and we encourage everyone to take a look at it and really think about and prioritize what we're doing for kids during this pandemic time um, that hopefully will be coming to an end in another year or so.
0: All right. Well, once again, thank you, ladies, for for all of this fantastic information. So important to educators throughout the country. So let's shift gears a little bit. And, um, you know, coming up in I mean, it's a matter of weeks now is NCEA Convention 2022 in New Orleans. And I know Renaissance always has a presence at at NCEA events. And so I'm just wondering what can we look forward to? What will be Renaissance Learning be bringing to the table at convention this year? Um, Anything you'd like to share with the listeners about that?
1: Well, you know, um, we're pretty excited about coming to NCEA. It's always one of our favorite conferences of the year. And uh, Dr. Gene Kearns is presenting. I honestly, off the top of my head, Colleen, should have brought his title with me, but I did not. But I know Gene's presenting. And I am also presenting on assessment, the right tool at the right time for the right purpose. Um, And it should be fun. Um, I plan to enjoy it and have a lot of fun with that particular session, so I hope people can come and join us there. We're also hosting the uh, superintendent's breakfast, so we'll be there for any of our diocesan leaders who'd like to join us. It should be a great time, and I'm really looking forward to learning about what's happening. And all of our salespeople will be attending sessions with... All of the participants this year, we decided it was a better use of everyone's time if we sat in on sessions and listened and learned and tried to gain a deeper understanding of what our Catholic teachers and leaders are going through. Um, It really helps us focus um, what we're doing at Renaissance so that we can meet the needs of our um, Catholic school kids and teachers.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, we're great. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll have a great time at convention. And I look forward to seeing you there, too.
1: Oh, good. You're going to be there. Oh, of course. Of
0: course. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't miss it.
1: (laughs) Nope. One of my favorite conferences.
0: All right. So, um... Just in closing today, I, I just wanna thank Dr. Jan Bryan and Dr. Julie Vogel for joining me for another you know, fascinating conversation um, about, about math and reading and all the research that's occurring at Renaissance. Um, thank you so much. Thank you to Renaissance Learning for their continued investment in educational excellence and in Catholic schools, as well as for continued partnership with NCEA. Thank you both for joining me. I appreciate your time and your wisdom and your brilliance. This has been a great conversation.
1: Uh, Thank thank you you for having us, Colleen. We love being a part of this group and um, highly value our partnership with NCEA.
0: Thank you. All right. Well, I'm sure we will talk again, again in the future. And um, thanks so much to our listeners for joining us for another NCEA podcast.